Welcome to Magic Time, brought to you by our good friends at St. Louis Bar and Grill, locations in Moncton and Dieppe, as well. This broadcast, this live post-game for the Moncton Magic, being brought to you by the Days Inn and Suites on Mountain Road in Moncton, New Brunswick. That's where I stay when I'm in town for the Moncton Magic, a great spot to stay. Check them out online as well. You can check them out on Facebook. Scott Squires, along with my broadcast partner for Moncton Magic Games, Dave Tingley, and we are here doing the post-game for February 12th, a Moncton Magic home game versus the St. John's Edge. And Moncton had only lost one time at home, Dave. All season long it was to St. John's, but tonight Moncton gets a little bit of a wrench with a 109-102 victory over the St. John's Edge. What did you like most about Moncton's game tonight? Uh, the contributions from all over the place I think was, uh, was really encouraging. Some guys that had... Um, not necessarily not played well recently, other than there's one primary example that I want to talk about there, but I mean, mostly just the new guys working their way in. Corey Allman struggled to shoot the ball tonight, um, you know, but he contributed other ways, but he struggled to score a little bit, and Billy White was off the floor for a long stretch with, in foul trouble, and still the new guys, the Freddie McSwains, the, um, uh, 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 the Marcus Lewis's, and of course the player of the game that we'll get to, Trey Kell, those guys were terrific. All three of them were terrific in different ways, and but they all contributed and um, yeah, and held kind of held fort until uh, to get through the poor shooting at a quarry until Billy came back late and and really uh, provided a lift. You mentioned Trey Kell having a great night for the Moncton Magic, another player who had a great night, but it was for the St. John's Edge was Junior Cadugan. Did he ever? And somebody kind of had to step up and take the reins for the St. John's Edge because uh, a player that's been playing exceptionally well for them lately. Uh, big baby Glenn Davis started off the game really well, as did the St. John's Edge in the first few minutes of the first quarter. But then there was a collision with Glenn Davis, and I believe it was Billy White, underneath the Moncton basket that was to our right at the time. And he seemed to suffer a lower lower body injury, looked to be the right leg. He did not return, so uh, they were already without Carl English, and then Glenn Davis won the game. But uh, what can you say about uh, the night that Junior Cadugan had? Yeah, and he, he's been, I mean, he's been around the league a long time, but he seemed to kind of disappear off the face of the earth a little bit there for a while. Wasn't on a team for, for a stretch of the, t- of the season last year, was kind of off and on with the edge, but then this year played his way into, he looks in ter- to be in terrific shape where he wasn't the last year and a half, and that might have been injuries, might have been other stuff, you know, you don't know what it is exactly, but he's played himself into terrific condition, he looks great. We talked about it tonight, that bowling ball build of his where he's just low to the ground and super strong and able to use that body and create contact and finish through it. A lot of similar to you know James Harden in the NBA, kind of that similar way of playing. And he just put the ball on the deck and got into the paint at will at times and finished over guys and threw guys and around guys and was just was everything for them tonight. And uh, he's a playmaker that they really are going to need to lean on if Davis misses an extended period of time. Well, yeah, and, and it was a really a big moment for the St. John's Edge for obvious reasons with Davis going out because they come out, uh, they scored the first points of the game, they had a, a bit of a lead on Moncton and looked to be very much into the game and into the flow of things. 
And then Davis went out and kind of not only did it affect the edge, but it also kind of seemed to suck a little bit of life out of the crowd at the Avenir Center. And then Moncton kind of took over and pushed their way into a lead. But it was kind of interesting, the, the kind of deflation of the entire building when Davis went out. Well, it's the second game in a row. Uh, on Sunday, on Sunday afternoon, uh, Corey Allman getting getting tossed from the game with two technicals after making his eighth three. That deflated the building because there, how many technicals, how many threes is Corey going to make this game? And then, of course, a, a large chunk of the crowd would have been excited to see uh, the former NBA star uh, Davis in the lineup, and a lot of Celtics fans in this area. So that adds a whole layer of things to it. And you can see it was very upsetting. You could, I've, there's been social media posts already of people that were at the game, like kind of. Hey, we won. This is great. Too bad that Big Baby had to go out, you know, with an injury because that, you know, made the the game the game not quite as enjoyable kind of for them, right? So it's a it's a big deal. I mean, this is a, he's a name, he's an attraction. So yeah, they're gonna want. Now we should talk to about at least the the, the the training staff's first impression of it is hopefully a what they think is maybe a sprain of some sort, either a ligament or um, or a meniscus. Maybe they're we're kind of talking about maybe hopefully so hopefully. That's good news, and it's not a super long-term thing for, for Big Baby. Well, yeah, and certainly with the St. John's, St. John's Edge, I mean, with Carol English being on the IR, you know, Glenn Davis, a lot of fanfare when he joined the team. And in the minutes that he played tonight, as, as little as they were when he went down with the injury, he was controlling. He had hit yeah. a couple of real nice soft jumpers from the outside. He had some good down-low post play. He was really engaged and looking really good. So, again, we certainly hope all the best for Glenn Davis. Going back to the Moncton Magic... You know, they built up a pretty significant lead, 15-point lead at the half. St. John's came out. That went away fast. It did. At the beginning of the third quarter, within four or five minutes, they had shaved it to a one-possession game. But Moncton weathered the storm, and they pushed back, and they eventually built the lead back to double digits. And then it seesawed back and forth throughout the rest of the game. But after that initial third-quarter push by the St. John's Edge that saw them take away that big 15-point lead that Moncton had and get it down to a point at one time, uh, you know, one possession game, a one-point lead from a 15-point lead. What was the biggest thing for Moncton to weather that storm and to push back? Well, a big part of it was the calm and composure of the guy playing point guard at that time, which was Trey Kell. I mean, when they... St. John's actually pushed into the lead at one point there by a point um, or midway through that third quarter after being down 15. And immediately, and that was actually after a couple of turnovers of Trey Kells, really, that contributed to the run a little bit. And he talked about it himself after the game. He, he said, what are, we were talking about what are stats. We are trying to get the stats together for the post-game interview. And I was naming off, was it 20? I was trying to figure out, was it 24 and 12 and 5, what it was? He's like, how many turnovers did I have? He wanted to know how many turnovers he had because that was what was most important to him. A little perfectionist, so that's a good sign. But, yeah, he... he but he went right back at it, backed, to, backed his man in, that, that wonderful spin move that he's got that's so tough to stop, went to that spin, finished off the glass, gave him the lead back, and before you knew it, it was back to 8, back to 10 towards the end of that third quarter, and it was that steadiness he provided. But that lineup, Coach Slinner's kind of stumbled himself into a lineup with Trey Kell's arrival. Not stumbled himself, I'm sure he's, he's worked on it, but that... Out of necessity, he's gone kind of foul because of foul trouble a couple games because of uh, Corey being out last game. He went to this lineup of uh, it's both games of Kel and of uh, Marcus Lewis and and Dondo and then McSwain and then at, at some points it's been Kaliste. Um, uh, uh, tonight for a little bit it was Corey Almond, uh, but that kind of format. Oh, and, and Denzel Taylor, who we'll get to in a second. 
that kind of mix of five to seven guys in and out a little bit, but the four main ones being McSwain and uh, Lewis and uh, and Dondo and Kel. That four man unit with they've been terrific through two games. Terrific. Just uh, really moving their feet, really shutting guys down defensively, and pushing the ball up, uh, up the floor offensively. And I mean, Freddie McSwain Jr. was had a couple of fun plays to call tonight against Scott. Yeah, and, and you never know what things are going to lead you to what areas. And you mentioned, you know, these newcomers. If you look at this team at the beginning of the year, uh, some key contributors weren't even on the radar of the Moncton Magic. I mean, if you look at Joel and Dondo, Freddie McSwain Jr., Marcus Lewis, and the most recent edition, Trey Kell, they weren't even <laughs> on the radar at the end of 2018, coming into 2019, just six yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. But now, you know, McSwain Jr., Lewis, and Ndondo, and now Kell just two games in, it would be hard to imagine the Moncton Magic without yeah. either of those four guys. So, yeah. you know, a different-looking squad, obviously, to what Moncton started the season with. But, you know, I've asked you this a couple times before, but how would you kind of peg the uh, identity of this Moncton Magic team right now with these new guys? <laughs> well, I would peg them as they haven't lost any identity defensively, thankfully. A little cohesion. They'll probably get a little better at that end as these guys get, especially Kel gets more acclimated. But on the offensive end, they're a, they're a get-it-and-go group, which they haven't been for some stretches of this year. Get the ball, especially with Kel being such a good rebounder. 12 boards tonight out of the point guard position. Get that ball and go. And you look at the wings, look up at the wings you got. You got McSwain, you got Lewis, you got McCullough, you got whoever you got. You know, uh, Corey ready to shoot the three. Push that ball, push that ball, push that ball. That's their, I think that's their the idea that they can really go with. But they can also score in the half court because look how good the Kell is in the pick and roll. It's obscene how effective he's been through two games in the pick and roll without a lot of practice with those guys. Another guy as well that started off pretty well in the first few minutes, but then saw a lot of the bench in the second half with Nick Evans. From what you saw, what was the maybe main reason why we saw a lot less of Nick and a lot more of the guys that we just talked about? We can get it from the horse's mouth, but Nick had Nick had a couple of... Nick, we, we speculated he got a hook there because of his shot selection a little bit, but we can go to the... We can go right to coach here if you want to ask him, but that I would suspect would be part of the part of Nick's issue tonight. Well, I got to thank Coach Joe Salerno. I, I went over to Coach at the end of the game, and I kind of put it in his ear. I said, hey, you might be a special guest at, uh, at St. Louis tonight, Coach. And he was non-committal at the time, but he's just walked in, and he's uh, come over and sat next to us. So, Coach, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll throw a hardball at you right away. Uh, you just heard our, our musings about Nick Evans, uh, but let's get it right from the coach. Yeah, the, the more I come to these things, the more I walk in. Just at the, just the, at the wrong, wrong time. time. Oh, right now, it's... Um, <laughs> Uh, as far as far as Nick goes tonight, you know, it was a combination of things. I, th- I thought Nick tonight he struggled a little bit defensively in the ball screen on Kadugan. Yeah. You know, he really did. But um, uh, it was more so we went small. You yeah. know, we decided to kind of play their game a little bit in the second half. And um, you know, it was such a change of pace when 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 Davis went down uh, and the edge decided to go really really small. You know, guys like McSwain, Taylor, Billy, uh, those guys were able to switch things out. And that's really what we did most of the fourth quarter, third fourth quarter. Um, so that's you know a combination of things, but uh, you know I think Nick realized it. He, he knows he didn't have a great game. Uh, I'm sure he'll bounce back on Thursday though. And it was part and part of what helped too was was Den- you talk you said Taylor. I mean Denzel played as played better tonight than he has in several weeks probably played yeah. a full game. He was 
he was terrific defensively. He was. He came up with some big stops yeah. late too. You know, he really did. And uh, you know, we contemplated we were going to go back to, to McSwain. I mean, Freddie was great tonight. Oh. Freddie was great in the second half. And, yep. Uh, it's kind of a, a little bit of a luxury we have now to be able to go small if we want to, yet still have a presence on the glass. Uh, but Denzel was was great tonight. He needed a bounce back game. He has struggled as of late. Um, but uh, you know, he, he stepped up when it mattered most. Yeah. And the newest guy, the newest member, Trey Kell. Uh, player of the game, two games in a row. We spoke to you prior to tonight's game, and we were saying after the effort he had on Sunday against the St. John Riptide that he had set the bar pretty high. Uh, what did you see in terms of uh, how he was able to reach that bar and even uh, go above it tonight? He's just been so good. I mean, he's been really good these first couple games. And, uh, you know, it, I, I trust him with the basketball. You know, the guys trust him with the basketball very early. And for, for a 22-year-old kid to step into this league, um, and, and do the things he's doing. It's pretty remarkable. But, uh, you know, he just made plays. And it wasn't even him the scoring tonight. You know, he also found a lot of wide-open shooters on the perimeter. And uh, he just makes great decisions. And, you know, he did set the bar high after game one. You know, but he met expectations again tonight. So I'm uh, really looking forward to seeing what Trey can do as his legs get under him even more and, and he just becomes more familiar with the guys on our team. And before you walked in, Scott was asking me a question about what your identity is now kind of with this new this new team. But I, I kind of said, well, with a guy like him at the point who rebounds the ball so well, yeah. I mean, rips the ball off the glass. I mean, you guys can, in the half court, he's so good in the pick and roll. You guys can play. But in the full court with him rebounding the ball so well, just get it and go to guys like Freddie and... And Marcus, yeah, yeah in no, the full court, definitely. I mean, his length and, and his size, and you know his effort. I mean, one of the probably the biggest play of the game tonight, uh, very much one of them was was there was a, a pass thrown way out in front of uh, yeah. oh, yeah. Trey, and yeah. uh, you know he he sprinted down, saved the ball to Freddie McSwain, who was also running hard, and he came up with a big dunk. Uh, that's youthful yeah. energy, and, and uh, you know his length and size is is really showing that it can be very dangerous. So uh, he's been really, really great. We're very glad to have him on board, and he's been a big part of these two it's wins. The one that he gave the Binox. Yeah, as he should have, right? He gave I the mean, he was, the, the which, vision, which is great, and I think he's only going to play with more confidence. Yeah. And uh, no, he's an exciting young player, and and he's got a great head on his shoulders. He's such a cool post game interview, man. He just sat there with his arms folded and answered. And I'll, I'll get your impressions on this because before you came in, Dave was talking about before he interviewed Trey for the post game, he was talking to Trey about his stat sheet, you know, his points, his rebounds, his assists. And he said the first thing Trey wanted to know was turnovers. how many turnovers did I have? What does that mean to you as a coach to hear a young guy want to know that? Maturity. I mean, that's what it means. I mean, he, he, he's, a, he's just starting his pro career, right? And he's got the type of head on his shoulders that uh, he wants to improve every time he comes out on the court. At least that's the impression that I've gotten from Trey over the first four days I've, I've got to know him here. Um, but it shows a lot of maturity. And, you know, I, I think he's a team first guy and, and he cares about winning, you know. Now I'll ask you for a quick second on the other side of it. You talked about when Davis went down, somebody on the edge kind of had to step up and, and run the show, and what a show Junior Cadugan put on. Uh, how difficult was it to try and find a solution for what he was doing, and why was it hard? He, I mean, he's a good player. I mean, he's been a good player for a long time. He's a veteran guy, and, and he plays hard. You know, I mean, he's an intense guy, and uh, he wants to win games. We didn't have an answer for him. You know, we, we really didn't. Uh, until late, probably mid to late third, we, you know, we, we put Marcus Lewis out there. Uh, actually, Coach McKillop, who's sitting next to me here, made the suggestion. Let, let's start picking him up full court, try to slow down that head of steam, which, which Marcus did. And I think that took him out of rhythm a little bit. But uh, he was really good all night. He had some tough finishes. Um, he was a guy possessed, you know. He was determined to get a win. So um, hats off to him. A lot of credit to him. He played well. Yeah, well, and St. John seems to, with 
Jones Sr. being gone and then with, with Big Baby going out, they don't have a lot of playmakers. So they got to go, they kind of just went in the second half. Of the, we're going to go everything through Junior and play off of what he, whatever whatever the heck he's doing. And he either scored the ball or got it out, Kaplan a couple of threes and yeah. stuff like that. So it was, everything was through him. He spearheaded it, you know, because yeah. I mean, normally they'll run everything through uh, Big Baby. Baby. Yeah. And if he's not in the game, they'll look to go to English a lot. And, and he wasn't in the game. So obviously, Kadugan. Uh, stepped up tonight, and you know when they went small, it gave us some problems for a while. Uh, I do think we clamped down a little more in the fourth, and, and we got some stops, and we started switching effectively. So, but again, a lot of credit to them. Uh, they played hard, they played fast, uh, they were tough to defend. Um, you know, but again, we got stops and buckets when we needed them, and that's what matters when you play a tough team. I know that uh, I joke with Wayne McCullough after the game. He came over, and, and we were just chatting for a sec. And I said, the revenge tour continues. Uh, on Sunday, you got it back on the Riptide after they had taken one away from you at Harbor Station. Tonight, the only team to have beaten you guys at home this season so far were the St. John's Edge. You, you got them back tonight. I know it's a long season, and, and every game is as important as the other. But how satisfying is that to know that your team came out and buckled down and kind of got those two revenge wins, if you will? It's satisfying. I mean, we actually said exactly that before the game you know uh we blew a lead against the riptide and it was a little redemption make sure we put on a good show and, and beat them back at home and and it's the same thing you know the only time we've lost at home this year was to the edge that was also a game where we coughed up a, a big lead uh so getting that win was big we talked about that but for us this was a game that that we talked a lot about you can start talking about playoffs and you can start talking about you know home court number one overall in the league is, is a big goal of ours that game right there to the team that's chasing was a two-game swing. It starts to create a little separation. So uh, it was a big game, and it, it, they they gave us all we could handle for sure. Uh, but I'm, I'm just really proud we came up with the W. And we, we talked before the game on Tuesday or on Sunday when we were talking to you before the game. There was something different about you on Sunday. You were like salty was the term salty I used. Was extra the ter- salt. Yeah, you're a little. You're a little. You're a little more focused on the game. That's probably accurate. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> accurate. Yeah, I was. I was upset from for yeah. how we played in, yeah. in St. John. And, uh, you know, but I thought our game uh, two nights ago, I, I thought it was the first time all season long I truly felt as the game was going on that we were the best team in the league. We were playing like the best team in the league. It, it probably wouldn't matter who we played that night. Yeah. And uh, we just want to try to get to that level of consistency. So, I, yeah, I probably had a little more of an edge that night. And uh, But, I mean, it looks like it, it, it works. It paid off. So, yeah, it paid off. No, hey, let's, let's do it again. Maybe, you know, I almost didn't wear a tie again tonight, right? It was kind of that, that attitude. Uh, but Todd said, you know, you got the pinstripe suit on, you got to go with the tie. Yeah, the super shiny shoes, too. Scott, Scott was blinded by those shoes. They, they were spit polished. There's no question about it. They were looking fine. Let me ask you something else real quick, Coach, because I know you probably want to get a bite to eat here and order up some food. But Dave and I talked about this again before you got here tonight. But St. John's came out at the beginning of that third quarter and went on a real run. They chipped into that 15-point lead that you started the third quarter with, got it down to a one-possession game, took the lead at one point, but you guys weathered the storm and you pushed back and you got the lead back up to double digits and then worked your way to the win. What was the biggest difference to weathering that storm? What did you see as the pivotal point to being able to weather that pushback and to get back on top? I don't know if there was a certain point. Uh, I think it was more the personnel we had on the floor. I thought, again, tonight the second unit really stepped up. You know, that's, you know, Billy White went out with his fourth foul uh, on what I thought was a questionable call. Um, 
But it was plays by, by Trey, Kel, uh, Freddie McSwain, Freddie. Marcus Lewis had a couple plays out there. So, again, I think it was the depth that was the turning point. And we had talked about our depth in that game in particular um, before the game even started. That could be the difference in the game. And I thought that was the difference in the third quarter. Those guys off the bench had a little more energy, and they pushed that lead back up to 10, and then we were able to maintain it the rest of the game. Yeah, you got that kind of – that long lineup that you can go to there. It was, it was Joel and Dondo both mm-hmm. games and Kel – and uh, Marcus and Freddie, and it was kind of a mixed match for the fifth. Kalise, yeah, Kalise on Sunday, and again a little bit today. But yeah, that you've kind of hit upon a little energy line up there. Do you think? Yeah, for sure. And you know, it's it's very comforting as a coach that hey, if this second unit is going to continue to kind of play with that kind of swag and moxie and, and intensity, it, it's very easy to go to them and, and run with them. And uh, like I said, I thought I thought McSwain was great tonight. He was and, amazing. And I thought Kel yeah. was good and. Uh, so, you know, hopefully that shows we're growing a little bit. Um, the, the plan now is, right, play your best basketball heading into the playoffs. So I think we're, we're heading in that direction. But to give some credit to the, to the stars, too, uh, uh, Billy came back in, and Corey didn't have a great shooting night, but Corey had that great play where he pounded it into the paint and kicked it, didn't have, hesitate at all, kicked it right to Corey in the corner, and he made that three with three and a half left or so that put you up by... That was a huge shot. It was a huge guys. play. And, you know, that's what we did so well against St. John the night before. We played inside out. Yeah. You know, we had more post touches, run a little motion, cutters coming through, and that's exactly Corey gave him that post entry. Yeah. And he cut through the lane, caused a little confusion. Billy made a great reading kick out. And, uh, uh, no, that was a big-time play, you know, and big players make big plays and big moments. But, um, like I said, I think our depth was just a, a big-time factor in tonight's game. And really proud of the young guys. You guys have hung your hat. We've used that cliche before, but you've hung your hat on defense all year long. Tonight, no different. So many guys that can turn up the defensive intensity and make big plays defensively. But there was a couple of sequences tonight with Marcus Lewis. So dogged, goes after everything, such quick hands. At one point during the broadcast, I said to Dave, he's a bigger framed player, but he kind of reminds me of Al Stewart. When Al could go into the game and all of a sudden turn momentum around with some defensive stops. What do you see, Marcus? He's a very good offensive player, but what do you see when Marcus is out there defensively? I think a good comparison for Marcus Lewis is Spider Man. <laughs> Marcus Lewis reminds me of Spider Man, right? But uh, <laughs> see, we can't go to that during the broadcast. I mean, we can't go to, uh, Spider Man. Hey, his his hands—it's incredible. But no, I think you're, it's a very good comparison. Al Stewart just had a knack. For, for grabbing those loose balls and, and making small plays happen because of his quickness and his pressure. And uh, Mark's a tough dude. You know, when we were switching everything out there, he got tangled up with uh, with Ashley down there a couple times. Yeah. And, and uh, But, again, it's those small things that, that really make a difference. When you have two good teams playing against each other, um, and Marcus was, was a big part of that tonight. So he's slowly improving. And, and I, you know, he keeps doing the things he's doing defensively and attacking the rim. You know, his minutes are going to continue to increase. Um, so I, I think right now he's been a nice pickup for us. And now earned himself at least one of those a game that get the heck off of me play that yeah, he the, did. Junior, the junior gave him. Junior earned one. He was all over <laughs> Kadugan. I mean, yeah, he, was. He, was. he went out there and he knew this is the guy that's hurting us. You know, coaches are kind of calling my number to go out there and stop this guy and get stops. And, uh, and Marcus responded. And um, he, I think he could be a very, very important piece, uh, you know, for us finishing the season and, and heading into the postseason. Last thing for you, Coach. Uh, another big game. They just keep on coming as we go down the stretch here in the regular season. This Thursday, it's Valentine's Day. I'm excited that Dave's going to be my date on Valentine's Day. Oh, but again, boy. the Cape Breton Highlanders coming in. 
what's the, you know, I mean, tomorrow a big storm coming, so I'm not sure how that's going to affect, affect things for you. But, you know, what do you want to see this team do over the next, you know, 36 hours to get ready for another tough game on Thursday? Oh, well, it's just that. I mean, we haven't seen Cape Breton for a while. It's been yeah. a while since we played. Big and break. They've, they've added yeah. some new pieces, um, you know, for sure. They're in a little bit of a slump right now, but that's a hard-nosed, tough team. And, um, you know, you almost feel like you're going to walk into a hornet's nest a little bit with, with them dropping a few in a row. Um, but for me, what I want to see us continue to do is, is just, I, I said in the locker room of the game, like grasp a, a, a team concept. You know, right now we're, we're still transitioning a little bit with some new roles and, and some new players. And, you know, I want our guys to have fun. I want our guys to have some swag, enjoy playing the game. And that's something we talk about a lot lately because I think it's just going to affect our attitude and our work ethic. And, um, I mean, that, that's a main focus of ours right now. So we'll get into Cape Breton tomorrow with film and all that. But, um, you know, we parted the locker room tonight just with a message of like, hey, let's enjoy this. Like, let's start having a little more fun playing this game. And uh, I think we'll only play better basketball if we can do that. So, so it's quiet guys you have. They, you got to talk them into having a little fun sometimes. It's a mix. We have an interesting <laughs> mix because you have some quiet guys who you don't know if they're having fun or not. You don't know what they're thinking. Uh, then you have some guys who are pretty emotional. It can be a little bit of a roller coaster. Um, so we're trying to figure it out. You know, we're trying to figure it out. But... Like I said, we'll keep taking wins, um, good and bad. Um, playoffs, right? They're coming up. That's what really matters. You got, a, you got a room with Freddie McSwain and Nick Evans in it. That's going to be the polar, the ends of the ends yeah, of the poles. Right or there. I mean, you know, Jason Kalis and and Corey Alm. Corey Alm. I mean, these guys. There's a lot of different personalities, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah. You know, if we could just grasp that, that team game and, and enjoy playing with each other, I think we'd be really, really dangerous, uh, you know, come the playoffs. So, but, yeah, tough game Thursday. Uh, you know, we'll be ready to go, though. Last thing for you, Coach. Dave and I have talked about this, and we actually gave some credit to you and the coaching staff in the broadcast. If you go back a few months ago to the beginning of the season and the roster that you had, you knew that there'd be some tweaking and some changes throughout, but you probably didn't think they have had as much upheaval and change as you have had. But... You've gotten guys like Marcus Lewis and Freddie McSwain and Joel Hondondo and the latest Trey Kell. On a personal note, for you and your coaching staff, how satisfying is it to know that you had holes to fill, you went out and got those guys, and they're, as I said on the broadcast tonight, they're not just chair fillers, they're playing significant minutes. Yeah, I mean, it's satisfying. That's a big part of the job. I don't think people who, you know, who aren't quite understand the NBL or involved at, at this level of the game. I mean, recruiting, signing the right guys, and, and, and getting those guys here in Moncton, I mean, that's a big, big part of, of, of what I do, what we do. Um, you know, a guy like Freddie McSwain, he's been on our radar for three months, four months, uh, since the start of the season. Uh, you know, we almost brought him to training camp. He was on our depth chart from the start of the summer. And uh, the way things played out, you know, we, we came to the conclusion we're going to pull the trigger on this guy, and it's been a great decision. Um, you know, finding a guy like Trey Kell, you know, after the quick departure of Duke Monday, I mean, that's that was a big signing. It seems like it anyway. Uh, so it's it's been good. It's it's nice to know that um, you know we, we we can pull the trigger on some guys. And you know, the Magic organization too. You got to give them credit. You know, they they they're here to win. You know, and, and they're willing to do what it takes to to win and bring in the right players. And uh, we're all in this season. You know, so uh, hopefully we get these guys to mold and and uh, make a, a real deep run in the playoffs. Now, coach, before I let you go, I, I got to ask because I always like to work in a little bit of family chat. Now, we know that uh, in this region, there's a pretty significant storm scheduled for tomorrow. There's probably going to be a snow day, but 
Have the kids gotten the ice cubes out to put in the toilet? Is it ice cubes in the toilet, crayons in the fridge? Is, have they worked any special things to make sure they get a snow day tomorrow? I'm not sure, but Camden, when he left the game tonight, was convinced that they were going to have a snow day tomorrow. Um, so I'm sure when I go home, I'll, I'll, I'll check the fridge. I'll check this. I'll see what they came up with tonight. But I'm sure they're, uh, they're looking forward to yet another snow day. I'm sure my wife is not. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, for me, I'm just hoping that the roads are okay, that we can actually get in and have a good practice tomorrow. But, uh, yeah, you know, maybe Cam will be able to tag around along to practice tomorrow. Um, I'm sure we'll be excited about that. But I'm sure they came up with something. I'll see when I get home tonight. Well, Coach, again, we appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to join us here live for the post game at St. Louis Bar and Grill, Moncton, Indy. Yep, uh, have fun tomorrow. Be safe on the roads, and we'll look forward to seeing you Thursday night for Valentine's Day. All right, no, that sounds uh, sounds great. I'm gonna grab some food. Sounds like a plan. Can I, yes. my, can I my tacos now, Scott? No, Dave, you cannot have your tacos. We have to go another 45 minutes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> On behalf of my broadcast partner, Dave Tingley, I'm Scott Squires. Again, thank you very much to Coach Joe Salerno for joining us on the live post-game podcast, a 109-102 victory for the Moncton Magic over the St. John's Edge. Thank you very much to our good friends at St. Louis Bar and Grill, Moncton and the Up locations. We're tonight at the location on Mountain Road in Moncton as well. Thank you to the sponsor for tonight's broadcast, Days In and Sweets on Mountain Road in Moncton. Until next time, my friends, this has been Magic Time Live Post Game. And remember, if you can't take part in sport, be a good one anyway. Bye for now.